Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Understanding the Misunderstood. I am very excited to be with you guys today, especially after our first interview. And I just wanted to say that that one was such a success and turned out really great. I was really proud of that episode and I hope you guys really enjoy it. And if you haven't listened to it already, check it out on our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. It is on many, many different platforms that are available to you. And if you use the Podbean link, then you will be able to actually access each different platform. So to get right into it, today's episode is going to be on the effects of abuse and trauma that abuse can cause. And I just wanted to preface this episode with a just a bit of a, um, I guess, a trigger warning because this is a very very difficult topic to cover especially if you or a loved one is experiencing abuse and I just wanted to say that this is something that is not normal something that is not something that you should put up with and is something that is very very difficult to actually get over and to get away from because usually abusers are in our own homes abusers are people that we know And we're going to get into it in a lot more detail later. So to get into it, abuse is formally defined as any action that intentionally harms or injures another person. And what's really interesting is that I think a lot of people assume that abuse is just physical. However, there are many different kinds of abuse. So to begin, I just wanted to list off all of the different kinds of abuse and this does not limit other types that I might not have mentioned but I just wanted to put these out there first. So there's physical abuse, psychological abuse, rape, sexual assault, verbal abuse, elder abuse, financial abuse, spiritual abuse, and emotional abuse. All forms of abuse are illegal in the United States and can result in criminal penalties. However, not all of them do. Something that's really, really upsetting, especially to me, is that some of these types of abuse are very, very difficult to have a trial for or a jury kind of look into just because they are harder to prove than others. So physical abuse, obviously, with evidence of, you know, scars or bruises, that can prove that kind of abuse. However, more common types of abuse like emotional abuse are much harder to prove in court and because you can't tangibly show emotional abuse it's something that is very very hard to actually try someone for so abuse is most commonly committed by a person that the victim knows and or lives with and when one partner abuses another it is known as intimate partner abuse So abuse within families, however, is often known as domestic abuse or domestic violence. And some statistics that were really surprising to me are that one in three adult women and more than one in five adult men report having experienced physical, sexual, or psychological intimate partner abuse in their lifetime. 8.5 million incidents of domestic violence occur each year, and one in three teenagers have experienced violence within dating um, and relationships. And finally, over 3 million reports of child abuse were filed with Child Protective Services in the U.S. in the year 2010. 
While the definition of abuse is simple, the meaning is not as clear. However, what we do know is that abuse means that the abuser wants control and one party seeks to control another. So with that said, I want to go straight into 14 different misconceptions about domestic violence. And this is specifically going to cover intimate partner abuse, which is incredibly common, but very misunderstood and something that I really, really want to talk about. So the first thing is that domestic violence is unusual. So as I wanted to say, and as I said before, one in four women and one in seven men will experience relationship violence in their life. And from 2003 to 2012, domestic violence accounted for nearly a quarter of all violent victimizations. However, what's really interesting is that while these incidences of domestic violence are still common, um, along with other crimes, they have actually decreased significantly since the mid-90s, and there's less social acceptance of it. Women are more independent economically and mobile and therefore able to leave, and there are more services for survivors, including Ray Jones's hotline and other live chat functions, and it's been both beneficial for men and women. And something we're going to talk about later is that there's a huge difference between the ways that men abusers and women abusers are treated in a court of law, especially since a lot of people think that there's no such thing as women who abuse men or other women. And in this case, it's actually very detrimental to think that way. So the second misconception is that it's impossible to love someone who abuses you. What's really difficult is that many abuse victims actually are so in love with the person that they are being abused by that it's so difficult to leave. Number three is that domestic violence happens when someone flies out of control. However, this can happen in any situation. It doesn't have to have an out-of-control moment to trigger it. It can just be out of the blue, and it's not usually a one-time incident. As I touched on earlier, another misconception is that domestic violence is always physical. It actually exists on a continuum of behaviors, and it's not just punching and slapping, hitting that is the first act of abuse. Abuse can be emotional, psychological, verbal, sexual, and often escalates in many different ways. And an abuser may initially be charismatic and caring before slowly starting to wear away at your self-esteem by either criticizing you, applying, implying that you aren't good enough, and isolating you from family and friends. So in this case, then it's, it becomes less shocking and harder to leave when verbal abuse begins. And when it turns into physical abuse, this can also happen as well. Um, it's also very common for abuse to turn sexual um, by someone sexually pressuring, threatening, or intimidating you into unwanted sexual activity, or even sexually assaulting you. And then there's reproductive coercion. Tampering with your birth control or pressuring you to get pregnant is another common abuse tactic, with one in three women in relationships with abusers also experiencing reproductive abuse, and one in eight women who aren't in relationships with abusive partners reporting such coercion. The next misconception is that if someone abuses you, it's an obvious decision to leave the relationship. Abuse is one of the hardest situations to get out of, especially if it's with someone that you love, like a family member or someone else that you know in your life, an intimate partner, etc. And what's really difficult is when people start to actually accuse 
people like abuse victims who are in these situations and tell them that, you know, it's their fault for not leaving when it's actually really difficult to leave these types of environments, especially when it's people you love and that you're really close to because you, you want to still be there for them. You want to still care for them and you want to give them what they want. And so it's really difficult to leave that because you feel like you are their source of balance or stability. The next misconception is that there's no good reason for a victim not to call the police. What's really difficult is that calling the police can really put you in a position where it um, can lead abuse victims to be not believed in their story or not helped. And that's as simple as it goes. Okay, so the next misconception is that both parties usually hold some responsibility in domestic violence situations, like, oh, women provoke men or men provoke women, etc. There's a lot of research, however, done on female violence, and it's found that while women may engage in slapping or hitting or spitting on someone, the injury issues uh, that come out of domestic violence are much higher when you have a male perpetrator. And you see much more severe physical violence in these relationships than when the female is a perpetrator. However, to say that no men get abused by women is absolutely wrong to say and not representative of data and facts at all. This leads me to my next misconception that women abuse men just as often as men abuse women. It's not supported by evidence at all. Relationship violence does happen to men, but for every man hospitalized by domestic violence, there are 46 women who go to the hospital. It's a 1 to 46 ratio, which is absolutely ridiculous. The next misconception is that men are never never victims of abuse and women are never perpetrators. And as I said, this is absolutely wrong. And that is reflected in the data. The numbers are higher among women, but men experience it too. And to say that men don't experience domestic violence, it doesn't mean they never do and that they're never victims. Men do experience abuse from female and from male partners. So men and LGBTQ people may even be um, less likely to report violence than women, but this doesn't mean it doesn't happen. The next misconception is that domestic violence only happens to women who are poor or dependent or uneducated. This discriminates severely against women and their societal um, expectations and norms. And women from all financial backgrounds are victimized, but poor women tend to be more vulnerable to abuse and less likely to have the means to leave because they are financially dependent on their partners and they tend to experience more abuse. Um, abusers routinely sabotage their partner's economic mobility to keep them dependent and solving the problem of domestic violence requires targeted efforts to make sure that women are financially independent and that women who are not still have the ability to leave abusive relationships. The next misconception is that drugs and alcohol cause domestic violence. These two drugs can have um, a exacerbating be exacerbating factors for violent individuals, but they don't cause violence. They can actually lower the inhibitions of already violent people. And there are plenty of people that use drugs and alcohol and don't act violently. The next misconception is that people who commit intimate partner violence are violent in most of their relationships. This is not true only because abusers 
can um, actually have this ability to be kind and generous people to others, which does not demonstrate the abusive behavior in their intimate relationships. The next misconception is that you can rescue a friend from domestic violence. It's crucial to understand that it's easy to want to be a savior, but you can't save another person. And instead, supporting them is easier and something that's better for those around you, especially the person that is being abused and in that really tough situation. The final misconception is that tough love is the best way to help a victim of violence. This is not true. It's actually a lot better to be someone that is compassionate and understanding and empathetic to someone who is experiencing domestic violence, especially when it is someone in their family, someone who is in a relationship with them, etc. It's crucial to understand that there's a certain level of understanding that you should be giving to them at all times and that that is one of the most important and effective ways to actually help a victim of abuse. To reiterate, abuse means control, and one party seeks to control another for the benefit of themselves. So if you are in a situation like this, it's crucial just to just remember that being in the situation is not a reflection of you or your mistakes as much as it's a reflection of someone else and their mistakes. So keep in mind that there are many different types of abuse, and if you are experiencing any of these, please, please, please reach out to hotlines, text chains, anything that will help you connect to licensed professionals or people who can help with these types of situations. I'm very excited because this two-part series of the effects of abuse series are actually coming out at the same time. So I'm after I post this episode, actually like right after preceding it, I will be posting the interview that I did about abuse with our special guest who you will meet in the next episode. I hope you have a great day and thank you for listening to this episode. Bye.